Welcome to the e-commerce lab by Ecomsi. This is the place for everything related to Amazon's private label and e-commerce. Learn exactly what you need to start or scale your business. Get insights from the top industry experts who will discuss the latest trends and best practices in the world of Amazon. From choosing products and sourcing from a supplier to setting up your Amazon account and marketing your business, you will hear it here. Let's get started. Here is your host, Vincenzo Toscano. Hello, guys. Welcome to another episode of the Commerce Lab by Ecomsy, the place of everything related to Amazon private label and e-commerce. My name is Vincenzo Toscano, founder and CEO of Ecomsy. And today we bring you another special guest. Her name is Julie Lasso, and she's the owner and principal of GHL Solutions, which is a retail consulting firm that connects the dots between mass retailers, suppliers, and private label products. So, Julie, it's a pleasure to have you here today. I know we have a very interesting topic. And by the way, for everybody tuning in today, the topic is going to be around how suppliers can leverage their circular economy to deepen partnerships with the retailers and wholesale partners. I know a lot of people are already thinking, what is a circular economy? And that's why we bring you Julie today, so she can give us a little bit of background on that. Um, yeah, Julie, it's a pleasure to have you here today. How are you doing? It's so well, Vincenzo. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm looking forward to our conversation and future uh, future interactions with your audience. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for coming in. I know um, we were having this conversation before going live that uh, usually we bring a lot of topics, especially around Amazon and e-commerce and everything. Mm -hmm. But I feel like business, when it comes specifically when you're dealing with manufacturing a product and selling it, it has much more complexity uh, right than just putting a product online, a picture and selling it. And that's why I want to have experts like you that can give us a bit of more context around what happens um, with the suppliers and the supply chain, how we can actually take advantage of things such as the circular economy, which we're going to be explaining today. Um, now, before we jump into that, I usually do this with all my guests. And, and the reason for that is because um, Usually before having my own podcast, I usually like to uh, used to listen a lot of the podcasts. And one thing I, I used to enjoy a lot is to learn from the people I was listening from. So what I mean by that is the background, how they get got into that and learn a little bit about their journey. So maybe if you can just share with us how uh, you got into, you know, this business area and, and what brought you to do your, your consulting firm. Yeah, yeah, I'd be happy to share. Thank you for asking. Well, I grew up professionally in retail, even before I was a professional. My first jobs were at a convenience store gas station. I worked in a grocery warehouse. Yeah. And when I left university, I went to work to, for Target stores in Minneapolis, Minnesota. So a U.S.-based okay. retailer, very briefly in Canada. Some might remember. Yeah. But, uh, that was, that was short-lived. <laughs> but <laughs> sure. um, I was there for 17 years. And the work I did there was all around the merchandising space. So I started mm -hmm. out in the inventory planning section, analysis. I worked in financial planning, negotiations. And I was also a buyer. And but where I spent the majority of my time was in global own brand sourcing. And at Target... Own brand sourcing was all about finding the amazing partners that built our own brand products and, and, and put them on the shelves. And there's quite a variety of products in Target stores in the own brand space that are, whether they're fully designed internally or designed in collaboration with vendor partners, I would say our, our supplier partners were some of the, the deepest connections that we needed to make in order to bring these fantastic products to the, the digital or our, our virtual shelves. 
So yeah. it's always been a, a passion of mine. I enjoyed my work there an incredible amount. I did get to the point where not many people retire uh, from corporate retail <laughs> these days. Yeah. I got to a point where there was uh, just an element of the, the job that I really wanted to focus on was all around partnerships. And I decided to launch a consulting business that was really focused on that and the own brand space and how to how to build and deepen those partnerships. Awesome. So, that, that's an amazing journey. Yeah, I like the fact that... Uh, I mean, you've been there in, in the ground. And what I mean by that, you, you have seen everything from <laughs> a big retailer such as Target. So mm -hmm. I bet you have seen everything when it comes to, you know, dealing with retailers, suppliers, wholesalers. Uh, yeah, for sure. And, and that's for what sure. most likely brought the experience to uh, Umbrella where you are right now. So mm -hmm. now I'm going to use this um, as an opportunity so we can start a digging further into uh, the topic that we're going to be discussing today, which is basically, uh, as I mentioned in the beginning, how we can leverage the circular economy. So I think um, this is a term that is not a uh, very common, I will say, because uh, I know from listening to different podcasts and talking to people, it's not something mm -hmm. I hear people mentioning a lot. Mm -hmm. And it will be interesting that you can give us a little bit of insights about what is circular economy and how it differs from traditional uh, linear economy. And um, if you can give us a little bit of examples as well, yeah. Yeah, I'd be happy to. And the circular economy is, is the, the phrasing that's used in, in Europe. In the US, the phrase zero waste is, uh, is becoming more and more common. Okay. But it's the idea that when you're making products, when you're making pa packaging, consumer goods, non-consumer mm -hmm. goods, building cities, that yeah. you are minimizing the amount of new material, new resources that go into the production of these products. So okay. there's three really straightforward principles. Um, the first is that when you are designing, whether it's products or cities or growing food, you're minimizing waste and pollution. And okay. that is both from using renewable resources where possible, but also minimizing what's being used if it is a virgin or a new, newly sourced material. Mm -hmm. And and you're minimizing the pollution. And so that's also in the waste that comes from making those products. So that's impacting the places where materials are sourced from, how they're mm -hmm. sourced, the communities that they're sourced in. Yeah. The second primary uh, principle of the circular economy is building to extend life. So think of mm -hmm. this as uh, the idea that we are able to find a home for products and their packaging that isn't a landfill, that we're designing something that is that is fit for purpose. So someone can use it for as, as long as they want to use that product. And then when they're done with it, there's a home for that product that isn't a landfill. So common mm -hmm. examples of, of how you are able to extend the life of a product are product resale. So we're hearing mm -hmm. more and more about that recently, whether it's um, thread up or far fetch. There's a lot of yeah. different ways that consumers are getting involved in, in reselling their products. Um, products can also be upcycled or remade into something new and different, but you're mm -hmm. able to keep the, the highest level of use of that, those materials. Yeah. Um, other examples that uh, have what we call a, a, a larger cycle or a, mm -hmm. a larger circle are things like recycling or composting. Uh, mm -hmm. So those products are no longer in use, but you are able to find, again, a home that isn't a landfill. So the materials will stay in some level of, of productive use. Although usually at this point, if you're recycling, you're seeing 
a little bit less productivity and a, a certain amount of energy that's going into keeping that product life cycle going. Yeah. So that's, that's sometimes not as, as efficient or as aspirational when it comes to the circular economy. And the third principle of the circular economy is designing out uh, or designing, excuse me, um, systems that regenerate themselves. So okay. think of this more in the organic space or food space. So it's not just enough to grow organic foods. It's how are you actually able to grow materials that are regenerating the land? So okay. building deeper, deeper carbon capture, for example, um, mm -hmm. minimizing waste and pollution in the space, certainly as well but really finding a way and often creative ways to make sure regenerative systems that continue to build on each other. But the, I would say just stepping back when you think about the circular economy, it, there's a little bit of a misnomer that you're closing one circle of waste. <laughs> yeah. The idea really is, is that you're finding individual loops of waste that you can close and, and mm -hmm. whether that's internally within your organization, uh, but increasingly as you look and expand and build momentum, you're reaching to your outside partners which is, I wow. imagine, a bit where our conversation is going to go next of how do you talk yeah. to partners to build build some circular systems and, and close some waste loops. Yeah, I mean, I would say it's a very interesting topic because, I mean, we will know that the economy is going towards that direction. Everything is mm -hmm. focused now on being zero waste in all, all different in spectrum as much as possible. And, and that's where most brands and companies are, are targeting to. Yeah. Um, but I think at the same time, uh, we need to understand that that also has some complexity when it comes to doing adapting to the the, the circular economy because for sure that's going to change your internal processes and how you source the the materials the manufacturing mm -hmm. side of things and basically the reason why i wanted to bring this to the table is because i also would like to use this as, a, as my starting point to my second question which is basically how right now we say suppliers can benefit from this because uh, I bet a lot of suppliers when you mention circular um, economy principles, they say, yeah, this is amazing. For sure, this is something that is gonna bring all the benefits uh, that we've been discussing so far in terms of the principles around this uh, concept. But when it comes down to cost, if I implement this and my mm -hmm. other competitor, which is another supplier is not doing it, uh, you know, it's difficult to compete in terms of pricing, in terms of, uh, you know, being more attractive mm -hmm. in terms of uh, the offer you put on the market. So maybe l l let's bring uh, that conversation to the table. What are some of those benefits and how you can leverage them to, to create this partnership that you're mentioning? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Well, there's a lot packed into that question. So I'll, I'll start by answering sure. what are some of the benefits. I'll, well, one, it, it's wallet share, to be perfectly candid. It, you are able to come to the table and if you have a more sustainable product and you are able to speak to the sustainability elements that your core customers are excited about, mm -hmm. we're seeing an increasing number uh, of customers be, be and prioritize sustainable nature. So mm -hmm. it, as part of COVID response, so many of us were, were trapped in our, our homes or very near to our homes during lockdown yeah. time period. And, and an element of the awakening that many people went through was just how much waste they're building up in their lives, whether it was products that were being shipped to their door or they looked in their, their closets or their storage spaces. There was just so much that wasn't being used. So people became more and more conscientious of how do I get more thoughtful around the purchases that I'm making? And in mm -hmm. some cases, people are, are buying less. There's still a high amount of, of spending, don't get me wrong, in, in many elements of the economy, but if and as the economy starts to tighten up and, and expenditures yeah. become more narrow, people are looking to, to stretch their dollar and invest in things 
and products that are, are more aligned with their personal values. Mm-hmm. And I think we would have said pre-COVID that was very, very true of younger generations, but yeah. now increasingly that's true across many generations. So benefit number one is if, if and as you understand the consumer you're selling to and you are able to align specific sustainable principles that are important to them. So whether that's organic food or regeneratively grown food, if that's uh, a certain type of cotton, if it's organic cotton or regenerative cotton, if you're making clothing or or home textiles, those are elements that are becoming increasingly popular and important to your target demographic. And it's easier than ever to research. So number one, you position yourself to to sell to those customers in a more impactful way. Yeah, for branding, and especially for brand, it's going to be the job much mm-hmm. easier in terms of how you present the product to them. So 100%, yeah. Yeah, I, I would say the second benefit to think about too is uh, it comes from the space of, of waste reduction. Mm-hmm. Um, when you are looking to minimize pollution and waste, that's often gives you the position to stretch your spend, your sourcing spend further. Or mm. you're ultimately able to create new revenue streams, depending on okay. which part of the process and business you own. If you are able to um, sell off your secondhand material or your end material or process in such a way that you don't um, use excess material when you're producing your products, your spend on sourcing is going to go down. Or in some cases, mm-hmm. your revenue uh, mm-hmm. is going to go up beyond just the products that you're selling. So there's some really creative ways that you can think about stretching your dollar further that a lot of uh, CFOs or financial planners uh, within your organization are, are going to applaud. So that's yeah. another element of sustainability that and circularity that I think is incredibly important. Um, but I, I would certainly put the, the third reason, which in some cases is, is the bigger, the yeah. bigger why of if it's, it's the right thing to do for the planet. In yeah, so many ways. for sure. Uh, it's not, it's not always about the money. It's about, <laughs> it's about the mission. It's about how mm-hmm. you see yourself in, in the future with your business and, and making sure you, yeah. you feel proud about what, what you're doing with the world. You know, you're mm-hmm. just not printing money and <laughs> in terms of profit and not care about the, the negative side effects of what your business is, is doing with us. Mm-hmm. So very important. Um, now you did ask a specific question about cost, and I'd love to to take a moment mm, to to touch on that as well. For sure, because yeah. I I do think the conversation around building in a more circular, sustainable approach into your production or sourcing processes, um, it it can often start with a cost increase. Uh, but yeah. as the the laws of supply and demand start to shift within the sustainability space, we're seeing an increasing number of uh, of partners, of materials that are a more sustainable choice that aren't necessarily the more expensive choice. Mm-hmm. So that would be the other thing that I, I would offer to your audience to, to think about is that as, as the demand increases, the costs are going to decrease. And if you're at the forefront of pushing for some of those conversations, asking for the solutions that make the most sense for your retailer partners, for their ultimate customers, you are, are part of those market forces that are helping to really start driving down prices and make sustainable offers uh, more viable and more more cost competitive so it's uh, it's both a short-term and a mid and longer term consideration when you're when you're looking at uh, your your total cost of goods or what you're able to offer your products for 
very nice yeah well say yeah i think for sure is yeah it's like anything it's like when for example electric cars came out it were super expensive mm -hmm. nobody could afford them and now they're becoming more and more affordable i think tesla just last this week or last week dropped all the prices and people were all crazy by <laughs> more mm -hmm. of them because they're becoming more and more affordable it's like when people start adopting the things in masses it just becomes a more accessible to everybody and i think in the supply chain is going to be the same i think as most more people start implementing circular economy into their processes it's going to be easier to adapt it now at the same time i bet that with your experience and everything that you have seen in the field you also can comment on the fact that when you're getting started uh, and you are a supplier that need to making the first step towards circular uh, adapting for circular economy it can be challenging right it, it, sometimes it, there is a lot of new regulations you need to be uh, in complying with and change your processes and everything so for uh, all those suppliers that might be watching this and, and they want to actually take advantage of the circular economy what is usually the first step they will they will have to take to go to, uh, to start becoming more, uh, you know, integrated with with a circular economy. What would you say is that first thing they need to? Yeah. Ah, well, as a consultant, I am duty bound to answer by saying there are three things that you really need to think about when you okay. are approaching circularity. Um, one that you actually just touched on a moment ago, and that's regulations. So depending mm -hmm. on where you're selling, especially if you're entering a new market, understanding what the regulations are, whether it's the products that you're selling or the packaging. So we're mm -hmm. seeing an increasing number of regulations around packaging and the expectations of what the producer's responsibility is around packaging. Those are incredibly important to understand just as a baseline. And I would say related to that, but sometimes not fully overlapping is understanding your, uh, your key retail partners. What are some of the initiatives or goals they have put out? That the, of their expectations or maybe the demographics of your customer if you're the one mm -hmm. that that owns the retail shop it, the key customers that you're that you are targeting what do you understand about their sustainable priorities as well so once you mm -hmm. understand just bigger picture what is the the landscape or how are you approaching it then i think it, it get the work gets really exciting about how you show up and help help deliver on those goals help exceed those expectations and for someone or a business that's that's first starting to map this out, a, a tool or an approach that I really like around circularity comes from the Ellen MacArthur Foundation. So Ellen MacArthur Foundation, uh, for those of you who might not be aware, is is one of the preeminent groups when it comes to supporting circularity mm -hmm. around the world. They they work in adv advocacy groups. They work with non governmental organizations. They work with governmental organizations, and they also work with businesses to bring circular strategies to life. Mm -hmm. And within, excuse me, and to do that, excuse me, that's fine. <laughs> tis the season uh, for uh, for just a little bit of a that's fine. Uh, for the the businesses and the partners that they support, they put forth a fair number of toolkits, and one on circularity is called Circulitics, as in mm. circular analytics. Okay, and if you, if you search that online, uh, with your, your, uh, your in internet browser of choice, Circulitics will come up under the Ellen MacArthur Foundation. And what it is, it's a toolkit for any organization. So whether it's in consumer goods or, or yeah. uh, even city planning, you're able to go in and take a basically a survey of where you put the, the what are the inputs that your organization needs to run and what are the outputs? What do you put out into the world? And 
it gives you an assessment of what are your circular priorities? What's your circularity score? How can you mm. think about um, prioritizing closing waste loops and creating more circularity within your business? And it's for any yeah. type of business, regardless how complex you are. I, I did it for my service business, my consulting <laughs> business, uh, okay. but I've also worked in partnership with clients that make products. And, yeah. and we can go through and, and get an assessment of that. And that really helps map out and understand Again, for those who are just building this new mind map of how do we create a more mm -hmm. circular product or an approach, it helps you understand where to prioritize and how to build in strategies that help build your assessment and build your impact. And you can take the survey annually. So year over year, you get a, a series of feedback. Uh, I've been able to see how my grade has continued to improve over time. <laughs> uh, and, and there's some places where I make progress in certain buckets and some years I just hold steady. And that's that's the nature of, of my business and and I would encourage others to to be open to that as well but it's a great wow. place to start yeah that, that's a good resource I'm gonna make sure to to put the link down in the description because yeah, uh, yeah I, I think just to make a, a, a quick deviation from what we're talking I think this even for an uh, Amazon sellers and e-commerce sellers that watch this I think I know we are specializing right now and talking around suppliers and everything, but I think this could apply also to your pros, the ones you're selling online. I mean, I think making sure Absolutely. the new pros that you launch online and the branding, it, it becomes as, a, as circular as possible. I think it's, it's definitely a, a, a niche there uh, in terms of a, how you can compete in the market because we all know everybody's getting tired of the cheap uh, products coming from China that are just plastic and all is a you know they, they they don't really follow that 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 example of circular economy and I think having that uh, that branding around you know caring about the environment having really some a uh, product actually contributes to the air uh, right and destroying it i think it's definitely something that can help a lot when it comes to uh, upselling your competition just wanted to add that there now um going back to our conversation around how suppliers can leverage this with uh, retailers and wholesalers i wanted mm -hmm. to ask you now that you have worked with all these uh, uh, suppliers uh, to adapt this new economy within their system Mm -hmm. uh, have you actually seen uh, already a shift uh, in terms of the behavior retailers and wholesalers are adapting in terms of having preference for suppliers that adapt a circular economy or is something that you feel is still not there? Um, basically, I want to see how, how is the market right now around circular economies? Uh, like are wholesalers and retailers really pushing for this right now or is something that you feel is, is still taking time? I would say most retailers that are in the U.S. and I'm U.S. based, so that yeah. that is a little bit of my bias. Certainly, uh, do have a perspective on sustainability, or they're building one. And I would say within the the perspectives, there's those that have very strong and clear goals that have been communicating mm -hmm. them for a handful of years. They have annual reports that can clearly communicate the progress they're making on these goals. Mm -hmm. But then I also know that there's retail partners out there that have maybe some aspirational ideas <laughs> and that the yeah. action plans are still being built. So the, the yeah. expectation is there. And then I think from a, a supplier's or a wholesaler perspective, then the opportunity that they can have is to be able to show up and say Target or Best Buy or, or, or Walmart or Amazon. I, I understand that these are your priorities when it comes to sustainability this is how I can help you meet those goals. Or I understand this is a specific 
key performance measurement that you're looking on, uh, you're looking at that you're reporting out on. Here's how we've assessed our product and how that will support that that measurement. So you mm-hmm. can really meet that that partner wherever they are on the spectrum of, mm-hmm. of what's important to them, what's important to their customer or consumer. And the, the suppliers that are in tune with that and can build in that messaging within their, their broader pitch are becoming increasingly successful uh, mm-hmm. in, in getting products placed and seeing sales yeah. growth and, and gains in market share. Yeah, basically becoming future-proof because mm-hmm. uh, um, as you start adapting the circular economy and suppliers that are not, uh, you just basically win the the purchase orders from these wholesalers and retailers uh, and you win there. So it's, a, it's definitely a, a something that people must start doing. <laughs> yes, oh, uh, I, I would absolutely agree. Yeah. Now, um, yeah, I think to be honest, we touch a lot of interesting points. Uh, I just want to make sure to ask you if there is something that we didn't touch around circular economy or some kind of advice or maybe Kesto, you want to share us a last uh, gold nugget as they call it (laughs) (laughs) that you can share with our our audience today so you know we can get the most value out of you yeah oh i appreciate that Uh, i I think i'll take the opportunity to repeat uh, a comment that i made at the the start of our discussion today and that's all around not letting this be intimidating to the point that you can't feel that you can get started Mm-hmm. Circularity isn't about finding one specific solution. Uh, a reason why I was excited about circularity is that each business, each uh, customer base, each retailer, I, they, they will have different priorities and there are solutions within circularity that can be sized to fit. You're not closing one huge waste loop. You're finding incremental opportunities to close waste loops throughout the, the life cycle of your product. So, But the key is to start somewhere. And yeah. often start by mapping, get a sense of where you can, where you can prioritize circularity, where it makes the most sense for your business, where it will have the most impact for your customers. Start there, and and and, and build momentum from there. That's how I would how I would That's frame amazing. it for those who are thinking well about it early on. Well said. Great summary. Awesome. Uh, Julie, it's been a pleasure. Uh, before we conclude, I want to give you a, an extra minute so you can also tell us where people can find you. I'm pretty sure a lot of people may want to learn more about circularity and how they can implement it into their business. So yeah, if you can uh, share your contact information, uh, information about your agency and everything. Yeah. I'd be happy to. Thank you for the invitation. I I hope I've been able to communicate my enthusiasm for circularity and zero waste. I think it's an incredible part of retail. So if you are interested in talking more, please do reach out. You can uh, reach me. I'm on LinkedIn, very active on LinkedIn. Uh, obviously, my name is in the podcast, yeah. but it's Julie, J-U-L-I, and then Lasso, L-A-S-S-O-W. Awesome. Um, I, I connect very regularly on LinkedIn, happy to have direct conversations, but also I share a fair amount on circularity as well. So you mm-hmm. are, are, are more than welcome to check out my feed. Uh, also, you'll be able to link to my website. That's uh, jhl-solutions.com. Mm-hmm. I've got a fair amount from uh, other conversations that I've had, some articles that I've written that have some basic information around circularity and in the the types of uh, the types of work that I think is incredibly important in this space. And awesome. uh, certainly feel free to reach out over email as well. So it's Julie, J-U-L-I at JHL Solutions and, and happy always to make new acquaintances. So please do reach Great. out. Great. Yeah, I'm going to make sure to put everything down in the description so people can find it. But in the meantime, I want to thank you once more. And I'm sure I'm going to have you in the future so we can keep discussing 
uh, everything around circularity. I think it's a it's a topic that has so many things that you know we can keep uh, discussing on so many interesting strategies and so on. So I'm pretty sure we're gonna have many more episodes about that. So it's a pleasure. Uh, looking forward to having the next one. Yeah. Yes, very much so. I'd be happy to come back. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the e-commerce lab by ecomc. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. While you are at it, we would appreciate it if you could leave an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. That will make it easier for others to find out about the show and benefit from it. Want more? Visit our website at www.ecomc.com where you can get your first consultation for free. Or find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at ecomc.com.